Hello there, my friend, and welcome to another episode of the Fit at Home podcast, where when it comes to getting in the best shape of your life, there's no place like home. Matt Schifferly from the Red Delta Project, Al Painter, my co-pilot from Do You Integrate. Today, we've got a very special guest on. This is Dan Vincent, wild man, Monkey Dan from monkey.co. I've known Dan. He lives right up the street from me, practically in Colorado here. But Dan is the wild man. When it comes to breaking out of the box that we often portray exercise and fitness in, if you go to the gym and you do your three sets of 10 and you do things on the machines and stuff, there's so much more to exploring the wonderful world around us and using our body to explore it. And no one is better at doing that than Monkey Dance. So we wanted to bring him on to share this philosophy and his tips and insights and stuff. So without further ado, Monkey Dan, how's it going? Thank you very much for coming on to the Fit at Home podcast. Thanks, guys. It's been too long. We got to do this more often. Hell yeah, man, especially <laughs> since you're right up the street. But you are a very busy guy. Every time I'm watching you on the socials, your Instagram and everything, you're out on some sort of an adventure. Has that always kind of been part of who you are and your approach to like exercise and stuff of just getting outside? Or were you kind of a little bit more of an awakened individual later on in that respect? I mean... I started working out like my goal was to play in the NHL, which is strange because I'm from California, but I think it was like in fourth grade, I had this conditioning for hockey book and I like, you know, read it cover to cover multiple times and, you know, was trying to do like understand anaerobic versus aerobic threshold training and all this stuff. And um, so I took a very early interest to training and then fast forwarding to when I was a wilderness ranger working in the mountains in California I was a division one athlete. So I, I had this like training program for the summer and I wanted to stay in shape. It was going to be my senior year. It was just like, I, I wanted to, you know, maximize the opportunity. So I, I didn't have a gym. So I built my own gym out in the wild. I had squat logs, lift rocks, do pull-ups on tree branches, all those things. But what I would also do is that was when I was out working. So I would work four days on three days off. So on my three days off, I still, I lived up, I lived in like these little barracks up in the mountains and uh, I'd come out of the wilderness, be at the barracks. And I'd like, you know, be in this pristine, beautiful environment, kind of like we have here in Colorado. But basically I'd spend all my days off, like trying to do as much as I possibly could. So I'd go for a run. Then I'd go work out like with the same kind of concept, like with rocks or logs. Then I'd go rock climbing. Then I'd go fly fishing. Then I'd go maybe for a hike. Then I'd go swim in the lake. So it was just like, how much can I do in a day and just maximize the time outside and I guess get them, it's kind of a, I don't know, get the most out of life type of opportunity. But I was just, I was just so excited to be out there and also so excited to train. So I think to answer your question specifically, it was definitely an early start and definitely a very intrinsic, intrinsic intrinsically motivated pursuit. I like is that, that where idea. that's yeah. where the uh, the monkey bar the first version, which is still uh, those handles, <laughs> you got to get those handles on Pocket Monkey. Oh sure, my sure. god, I would I would pay top dollar for that maple Pocket Monkey handle, like in the original. Ah. That would be awesome. At yeah, any rate, I like that a lot. That's that's where that came from, right? Because you guys needed some stuff to pull on, and and you needed it to be compact. And isn't that how that kind of started to evolve? Yeah, well, it, it was it was kind of it was this twofold thing. One was like, how could you take the quote unquote gym or how could you take your training into the wild? Like, how could you run up a mountain and work out? And there's obviously various ways you can do that. One way is you don't need anything. You just you do calisthenics, which, you know, Matt, you've been preaching stuff like that for years. Um, but, you know, if you have a, a simple tool, we thought you could kind of enhance that. So that was the original monkey bars. And, and that was an outgrowth of a few different things. One was that kind of minimalist attitude, but then it was also, it's just being outside and moving and training was so awesome. And that, that was actually our whole original business model was basically, it was called the wild gym. And that was like these, these outdoor kind of wild inspired workout areas, like in parks, schools, communities. So they were I'm sure you guys have seen them, but like there's the old park courses where there's like a pull-up bar, a dip bar, and then like random stretching things. It was that concept, but it was like we were using stone and wood and it just had this wildness to it. And uh, it had a lot of traction, actually. We had a lot of traction, but 
it just wasn't a great business model. Selling to municipalities is not recommended. <laughs> <laughs> so we brought it into, you brought it in the private sector, which I think is, is yeah. wonderful that, because I remember that first Kickstarter campaign, a friend of mine was watching that video and she's like, Matt, you got to take a look at this. And I saw it and instantly I was like, oh man, these guys are just, they're on a whole nother level. They're beating me at my own game because I've always been kind of building my own stuff. And right. even in that first iteration, I was like, okay, you know, game over for me. They're so much Aww. more advanced than I ever came about. But that was just you, like your level there was so much more advanced to where I was. But that was just you guys getting started. Since then, you've branched out beyond simple suspension stuff. You got the Monkey Bars 2 now. You've got the original uh, Pocket Monkey and then Pocket Monkey 2 and stuff. But you've also gone into other avenues of training like monkey 360 and so on and these things have like really helped us break not just sort of like training in the wild but breaking the bonds of what we consider conditioning of three sets of 10 and push pull and squat and everything but it's like conditioning our feet and conditioning our nervous system and stuff has that always been part of the plan or is that something you've got to have evolved into yeah it's, it's it's an evolution for sure i think you know i i'm sure like you guys i consume a lot of books and podcasts about health, fitness, wellness. And you know, my, my background in school, I was I went to school to be a doctor and realized that was not what I wanted to do. But I still had a very strong biological background. So I think I, I can maybe understand kind of some of these higher level concepts a little bit better. But um, yeah, it's been an evolution of like, man, you know, I got into barefoot running and that evolution and thinking and diving in down that rabbit hole kind of led to stoic, which I'm standing on. Check this out. It's right here. Oh yeah. There, there we go. Nice. So, uh, that's yeah, a lot bigger than that. I thought it was going to be. That's huge. Yeah. Man. Yeah. It's legit. Um, and then same thing with 360. It's like, I think the best compliment we've gotten for 360 was the training is imaginative. Mm. And I really, I was just, that, that's probably my favorite comment or review or feedback. And it's just, I think what 360 did was it took, you know, a lot of people like, they don't like running. I love running, but a lot of people don't like it. So we kind of took this fun way to jack up your heart rate, but also train out of that North South, like, you know, at a gym, right? All the machines, you do this, right? Yeah. It's all pretty much north south or east west but there's not a lot of rotation you do one in your training and two just in life in general just the way kind of the world has been manicured but it's a super important thing mm -hmm. and uh you know again the sports i played growing up were hockey and lacrosse so very very rotational based and um also i, I got into paddleboarding a little bit more and that motion as well was just like the most killer core workout ever. So that all these things kind of fused together to create Monkey 360 and then adding in the calisthenics, the agility and plyometric side to it, it just, there's nothing like it. And um, it's again, that imagine that imagination and that imaginative side to it is just having that palette to paint on is so fun for me. Oh, well, it's I a, totally agree. Now, Alan, great, you were saying you're getting into paddle boarding a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I just did stand up paddle boarding the other day. And it, it, it's funny you mentioned that because when I would come down, there's that that push pull in that diagonal pattern line right. that that even Isocore and Monkey 360 just pair up very, very well with. And it's Matt and I talk about this all the time. People don't dial in their diagonals in their workout programs and that X pattern shoulder to opposite hip. And that resistance of that lateral force, especially if you're a trail runner or a mountain biker, you've got that all over the place. You have to train that. And, and how many times, and I'm raising my hand here because I've done it, have you bent over to pick something up, rotate it a bit, like, oh, I'm not going to be picking anything up for a while. Right, right. But if you can train that plane, that anti-rotation plane, when you go to rotate, you can do it a lot better. It helps your thoracic mobility, helps your shoulder mobility, your posture, uh, the hips resist forces left and right. It's even great for the feet, for the toes to articulate when you're doing it outside. I, I use 360 for my warm up for chopping patterns. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and doing half kneeling 
chop patterns and whatnot with that thing, especially with the plug inside mm-hmm. of it. It's brutal because it's like a medicine ball to do chops with, but the earth is pulling that medicine ball back down because it's attached <laughs> to the elastic cord. So folks, if you haven't seen the pocket, or I'm sorry, the Monkey 360, check it out. It's a hell of a tool for rotational or more importantly, anti-rotational training. If you play volleyball, lacrosse, hockey, baseball, tennis, hell, if you swim with that overhead motion, you should definitely be taking a look at that thing. Yeah, you know, the feedback we've had as well is just kind of general back pain. People have had a lot of improved, I don't, I don't want to say like cured, but a common theme has been this has really improved my back pain and shoulder stuff as well. And I think, you know, I think if you look at the body adapts to what you do, right? So if you don't move in these ways, your body isn't going to maintain that capacity. So I think we're kind of helping to reawaken some of these movement patterns and capacities that you just kind of shut down after you finish high school or college, because you're not playing sports anymore. You're kind of in this uh, industrial fitness system, you know? I like, I like the way you put that. That's beautiful. <laughs> I, that, that reminds me, I think one of the most powerful messages that you had ever done in your videos and your Kickstarter videos, Dan, was I think it was for the very first monkey bars where you were talking about how we've advanced and progressed, how we do so many things like, and you were talking about how the smartphones and mm. meal delivery and just all these things and how we approach life are becoming more dynamic and fluid and flexible and a lot more creative and all these different ways that we're advancing our daily habits. And then you showed this shot of people just kind of in this cardio machine kind of, and you, the question was simply, so why are we still here? Like in that sort of, sort of setting. And in that moment, the light bulb kind of hit me like, yeah, like, wait a minute. (laughs) Like that's still the way we've been doing things for a while. And I love how your approach is like this playful approach. You know, you got so much of that in the industrial fitness complex. I'm going to totally use that. It's like, (laughs) just like a machine versus we're creative beings. We are fluid and flexible creatures with all these different dynamics that we're not exploring very well. And I think you're one of the best at tapping into that. But if I came into like your world, and I was very much in depth in that complex of I've got to do things correctly and perfectly and three sets of 10 and all that sort of thing. How would you approach or, or talk to somebody about breaking out of these boxes and limitations? I, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is I just think creating an environment that makes it easy to do the things that you're not currently doing, right? Because the reason why you're not doing it was probably because there's some sort of resistance to it, right? So I think that's been a big part of, I'd say kind of a underlying consistent thread of our ethos and philosophy is just, our stuff is easy to take with you, to bring with you, to use kind of work out anywhere, right? That was one of our original concepts. So I think it's, it's, it's a mindset shift, but it's also, you can have the best mindset in the world, but if your environment still is kind of shackling you in that way, I think the, the, the most smallest incremental steps you can take to slowly start to change your environment ecosystem. I think I just, that works. It's like, if you don't want to drink, don't have alcohol in your house. If you don't want to eat sugar, don't buy candy in your house. It's that simple. You know what I mean? So um, that would be my first advice. Well, it seems like, and when you came out out west a few years back and you did the, the thing at the studio that I used to have there, it, it just listening to you and talking to you and getting more background on, on the monkey way to train before I discovered Red Delta Project, which just kind of took the ball around it. <laughs> it. It seemed like basics work best and the more simple, the more boring, the better in terms of the movements. But then when you, like in, for instance, the monkey app, there are a bunch of, the, the movements they can be done by quite a few people. I and mean, there's some complex stuff, but for sure. the most part, it's, it's a squad push pull. And then you kind of branches out from there. But what you guys have done a really, really great job of it and is that you have shown people that basics work best. And the more simple you keep things, 
the better your results are going to be and the more apt you're going to be to stick with what it is you're doing. So you guys have simplified the approach. You've removed a big barrier to entry for movement because it doesn't have to be super complex. You grab your, your pocket monkey, you throw it over the door, fire the app up, you know, 10 minutes later, you moved, you've de-stressed. And as a parent, you now know movement is so key to loving your children at the end of the day. So you've done that, which then has that mindset shift. Shift, And then what you've also done is you've ruined all of my hikes and my mountain bike rides because now I'm my head's on a swivel. That's a great tree. That's a great tree. That's a great tree to hang the stuff from. But it's really done a great job of, temp, of tying in simple with being out in nature and getting that additional uh, physiological benefit of green and the the fresh air and everything else and it, it also has that element of play so well done on that front thank you thank you appreciate it yeah moving forward with um this playfulness like i think there's a lot of message out there that in order to be healthy and fit like we've got to do things just right or else we're going to have these catastrophic results or totally mess things up and I think that holds a lot of people back from that creativity, from that wildness. So I always found that getting, like you were saying about the environment, like just getting outside was a big key to that. Because if I go to a gym, I'm going to fall into my old movement patterns sure. and approaches to working out. But if I go to a playground or a river or something, suddenly I've got to start getting more creative. So you, I'm assuming you explore quite a bit, like you encourage people to get out and explore their uh, areas and uh, where they live and stuff. Yeah. I mean, one of our, uh, one of our ideas early on, actually it was in the, we, it was in the monkey bar two Kickstarter video. One thing it was just, it's not impossible to do, but it's just economically impossible um, for, for our business. But we want to create a part of the app where you could essentially like geotag workout locations. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, Oh, there's this sweet tree halfway up this trail, you know, here, but that just, it didn't work out, but yeah, it's, it's, um, I think what people don't realize is the potential or, or what's possible sometimes. Like, again, if you think if you're, if you're stuck in the industrial fitness complex, I love that. Um, and you think your workout has to be, you know, 20 minutes on the treadmill and then chest, back, buys, tries, whatever. You're not even going to consider that, oh, I could like go run around the park and then do some rows off a tree. Like it's, it's so basic and simple that it seems to someone that's kind of maybe used to the flashiness of that kind of industrial side that it just seems like, oh, that's not going to work. That's not that's not industrial enough. That's not advanced enough, but you know, probably what's the best walking for, or excuse me, what's the best exercise for most people is probably walking. Right. And then you can add on to that and you can add on to that you can add on to that. So I talked to this guy, his name's Logan Schwartz. I heard him on, I think it was the primal endurance podcast, but he he's kind of like this underground dude, but man, he just has such a, the way he talks about training and movement, it's kind of similar to like a Katie Bowman where it's, it's so high level yet. So basic at the same time that um, I've really been maybe in the last six months to a year, kind of really going back to just, you know, making sure I have a walking practice, making sure I'm doing these super basic things, focusing a little bit more on nutrition, which was never something I, I, I never, I always ate well, but it was never something I really spent a lot of time thinking about. And I've definitely thought, and paying more attention to that. And I think a lot of people just need to understand that that's really all, that's what's most important. And then you can start adding the layers and the layers and the layers. And then, you know, you're doing the crazy mat exercises that I've never seen before. So that's kind of where my, my mindset has shifted. And it's also, it's playing for the long game, right? Like I kind of, you know, I just turned 36. And I'm starting to feel a little bit of that, like, man, I can, my capacity is still good. It's just the recovery time isn't quite as good. And I'm, I, I have other guys and friends I see, and it's like, you know, I'd like to be 72 and still pretty close to where I'm at, which especially here outside of Boulder, it's like, or in and around Boulder and 
Denver and just Colorado in general, like you get, you get a really good glimpse of what's possible if you take care of yourself. So that's where my mindset has shifted a little bit where I'm, I'm okay sacrificing a little bit of performance to one, enjoy life more and two, maintain capacity for longer. Oh, I love that. That is yeah, such yeah, a great well, way of Mark, putting it because Al, Al and I are in our forties and uh, I, I was actually a week and a half ago. I'm now 50. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But it's funny. I move as well now as I did when I was 49. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny over time, particularly when I got into the RDP stuff, I started to realize that as I got older, body weight exercises, push, pull, squat, just treated my joints better. I can go after a kettlebell workout still or a sandbag workout, but it takes me a lot longer to recover. True. But if I, if I do uh, push, pull with, with the, you know, monkey bars or, and that kind of thing and squat, then I feel ready to go the next day. It might be, I got to warm up a little bit with some stick mobility. I'm ready to go. But I found that, that my body at the age of 50, and I think it's something that people lose sight of. And it sounds like you were touching on that, Dan, is that the body loves movement and we've just destroyed it by calling it working out. Right. I mean, you'll watch your kids play and I watch Lily and Jeremy play. And they're crawling, they're running, they're jumping, they're bounding, they're wrestling with each other. They call it play, you know, as to where you got to pay $70 a month somewhere to do that in a class when you can do that at home, right? right? When, when I went, was paddleboarding, stand-up paddleboarding the other day, they both wanted to ride. So I was doing loaded stand-up paddleboarding, right? Nice. I was gassed because I'm 50. Ah. But uh it's, it's nice to be able to see that. I mean, I see a lot of other folks that, that as they get older, they, they think that they just fall into this mindset that, well, my warranty is going to expire and there's nothing I can do about that. Hell no. There is, there is so many joints and muscles in the body. There is always something that you can move somehow, some way. Yeah. And I found that this is actually something I'm kind of want to trend towards uh, on the business side, but it's, I think people understand like, yeah, like walking's great. Like just basic movement is great, but they still don't have like this template for it. And I think that's something where, you know, you're even, I run into this, honestly, like I'm busy. Like I don't want to think about creating this workout program and just kind of making sure I'm checking these different boxes and having the variety. So I do, I, I it's like this duality of like, yes, you can just go run, climb, play, swing, do whatever. But at the same time, I like having, I, it's interesting because we do have this playful brand, but I'm also, I'm serious about training. I take it super seriously. I have always. Um, so I like having that structure. And I think that helps as well as just kind of give someone the confidence to feel like they're doing something that's going to be positive for them. Mm, that confidence is the key part. Like, yeah, there's this balance because if you're too confident in what you're doing, because you're doing the same things over and over and you're not exploring and growing and branching out, then you just stay stagnant and still. And I think the, the key is to have like, a, 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 like an evolutionary and a developmental approach. And this is one of the things I've always kind of liked about some of your products that you design is you create something, it's great, it's wonderful. But then several years later, you're like, okay, we took feedback based on experience and stuff. And now we've got the next version of it because you just came out with your Pocket Monkey 2 and the first Pocket Monkey was fantastic. And now you made it even better and you're keeping it developing. And I think that same attitude goes right along with training and exercise of it's not about right or wrong or uh, am I doing it in the, the correct way, but rather I'm doing it this way. Now, how do I keep developing and evolving and moving forward based on the feedback that I'm getting? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It's, where's the little guy? There they are right here. There we oh, go. <laughs> that is mean. That is mean. Cause I'm not getting mine till November. That's not very Yeah. <laughs> well, it's crazy. There's a, I, 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 I you got to see to believe sometimes, but there's literally a line of 50 boats trying to get into the LA port right now. One of them has a bunch of stoics on it, but man, it's like, 
the just the state of the world as far as like supply chain and manufacturing is crazy right now but um mm-hmm. pockets are looking good honestly so those should be in the plan is november so a time of wildness is near Fantastic. <laughs> how long was the development process for that when did you and, start making that happen immediately i mean it's like i'm very self-critical so in the sense of like as soon as like something's done like stoke for example i'm standing i'm like ah we should have done this or we should have done this or this could have been better so it's a it's a constant process but it's like for pocket specifically the function i'm trying to think the function is not the biggest change it's more of a materials and it actually got simpler honestly but it's it's stronger it's easier the biggest thing is it's simpler stronger easier to set up and take down perfect the other the original version had all those things this one specifically, like the door anchor. I mean, you could hang a truck off it. It's just <laughs> super bomber. It's a simpler adjustment system. The grips are a little bit bigger, so they're a little more comfortable. It's just, it's those incremental improvements. Like, you know, it's kind of like an, an atomic habits type of thing where it, it's not this total redesign. It was uh, several incremental improvements that all coalesce to make this like really nice next version. So. Yeah. So do, do you have conceptually how you want these things to evolve at time X and you've already started working on the next one or is it more, let's put it out there, let's see how it's received, let's get the feedback and then let's start plugging that into the design. It's both for sure. It's both. It's like, I'll have something in my head, you know, where it wants to be. And then it's also like, oh yeah, well, several people have mentioned like, this thing is annoying or whatever. So it's like, okay, let's make sure we touch on that. But I think the, you know, 80% of it is coming internally, I think for sure. It's a, a discovery process. Uh, and again, yeah. with products, with working out and stuff, it, people are like, oh, I got to know what I'm going to do. And so we get lost in these uh, and paralysis by analysis and one more YouTube video, one more documentary, right. one more book and stuff before I take action. But the best information that we need to know about what we need to do is to gain the experience from taking action. Because you learn more from using something in five minutes than you could in watching videos on it for five hours. So I think part of that goes back to the whole approach we were talking about having the courage to be playful and stuff of, well, how do I know? It's like, well, a lot of the information you need to know won't happen until you break out of that complex and you start being creative and playful and having fun with it. And then you're gonna know, oh, this is something I can change and move forward. And that seems to be what you've done with a lot of monkey.co and how it's changed and evolved over time. Yeah, I mean, failure is a great motivator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's just, um, it, some of it's been by necessity and some of it's been just by, you know, again, realizing there's a better way to do something, so. You know, for example, like our supply chain for like the original monkey bars, it was just such a pain and say, actually MB2 is worse because there's like 40 different vendors and we're like hand assembling these things and, oh man, it's just not recommended. So getting, figuring that out has really taken a burden off a lot of that process, but, and also just finding better manufacturers. I mean, the stuff like Stoic, for example, those guys are pro it's, um, they make it easy. And same thing with, you know, the new pocket monkey, pocket monkey too. It's just, there's no questions. I just, I'm, I know what I'm getting. I know it's going to be solid and I can just focus on the innovation side. Oh, that, that is a beautiful thing. It's been a while. This has been a trek for you. You've been doing this for over 10 years now, if I recall, or has it been even longer than that? It's been, I'm trying to think. So we started, our first Kickstarter was 2014. So we're like almost eight years deep now. And um, well, that's not true. Cause I guess in 2013 is when we started, I guess you could argue 2012, you could argue 2012. So we're almost <laughs> 10 years in of like the wild gym concept. Right. So yeah, it's been, um, you know, we have, I think almost 30,000 or so customers now. And it's just, it's such a cool community of people. It's been really cool to see. There's been like an organically started Facebook group. 
a discord group, which I didn't even know what that was until someone told me about it. And just the, the interaction and people helping each other out and the whole DIY side of folks doing stuff has just been, um, you know, you go to, you, you start this company to go, you're making something, but then there's all these ancillary effects and ripple, uh, ripples and trickle down that you just, you never considered. So that's, that's really cool to see the people coming together and then, you know, getting notes or emails or reviews of people that have, they've literally changed their lives, you know, and it's, you know, if someone, someone that has never trained or is maybe getting back into it, it's like anything works, right? It, there's no magic pill. Anything works. If you're not training, if you start doing anything, it's going to work for a little bit at least. But kind of to what you were alluding to, I think there's something about the brand and the way we communicate and the products. And it just, it resonates with a certain type of person that maybe they never would have kind of taken that first step. And I think that's important to realize that kind of the how, the how is important. It's not just the what. So I totally, I know exactly what you mean. See, Al here is getting a little bit more in that. He just moved to Idaho and right. you, he went from California and now what is it, Al? You've got like mountain biking trails out your backyard oh, practically. Gosh. And there's yeah. signs that say things like beware of aerial traffic. Yeah, it's so cool with the downhill mountain biking. There's a place in uh, the north end of Boise okay. called uh, Camel's Back Park. And uh, Matt, it, I don't know if you have, but Dan, you know the, the Lion Street stairs in San Francisco? You ever? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So take the steepest part of Divisadero, right? So that's dirt. That's a fire road. Then about halfway up, put the, in the Lion Street stairs. And you've got this amazing hill that's about, I think, what did Jill say? About 130 something steps, I think. Oh, cool. I'm sure I'll get blasted if that's the wrong one, right? But uh, there's these, this, oh man, it was the perfect workout. I did supersets of up the hill, back down, pocket monkey pull, up the hill, back down, pocket monkey press, you know? And it was just like this perfect combination. And, and if, you know, I could do that every day without needing recovery, it would just be amazing. But here, I mean, it's almost like, well, what do I do? Do I go paddle, stand up paddleboard? Do I go hiking? Do I go to Campbell's back and do monkey muscle workouts? Do I get on the mountain bike and ride to Eagle Bike Park a few minutes away? And it's just like, there's almost too many things. And now right, right where we live, there's this perfect horizontal branch right by a waterfall next to a pond. Oh, nice. Yeah, so like, I, I got to take the bars over there because <laughs> if I don't, I'm insulting a whole lot of people by not doing that. So I got to go do it. Oh, totally. Well, I yeah. think, you know, another thing I, I heard someone say, this is, it's kind of a Katie Bowman thing, I think, actually, but it's like movement or excuse me, training and workout is kind of like supplements, right? It's like it's this small part of this pie, right? And so essentially, if what we're doing most of the time, if all we're doing is taking supplements, but we're never eating real food, our diet's not going to be very good. Right. And right. that was the analogy is with training and fitness and exercise. Like if all you're doing is that one hour, just going ham, and then you're not doing anything outside of that one hour or half hour or 45 minutes. If you don't have this like lifestyle, I think like a lifestyle of movement, then all you're doing is supplemental training. And that that's kind of where my mind shifts a little bit where it's like, I'm doing, I'm going out and going on trail runs, bike rides, climbs, still doing the wild workouts, of course, but the training, the focus of the training now is supplementary. It's, it's to make those things better. It's not to exhaust me. So if I want to go do whatever I'm doing in the mountains this weekend, I, I have the energy for that. And I haven't wasted it all just trying to blast myself, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, and Matt and I talk about this all the time. And it's kind of like when your parents tell you something all the time, you're just like, stop until you hear that, that outside voice. So uh, uh, Matt and I, I think I can speak to Matt, would like to have yet more input as to the benefits of slow and steady winning the race in terms of what you see on social media as a good workout and you're just destroyed on the floor and you're you know, sweating and you just can't move for a month and a half because you beat the crap out of your joints. 
How would you tell the folks who are listening who might be sick of hearing Matt and I talk about it that movement, movement snacks, get your fundamental movement patterns in. And if it happens to get your heart rate up, that's okay. And that you don't need to be moving for 60 minutes. So how would the monkey muscle mindset or, or methodology be applied to that? Again, I think it's like that, it's that philosophy and mindset and just lifestyle. You know, it's like, can you, if you're working remotely, could you like commute to work where you walk 20 minutes around the block and then you go work at home. You know what I mean? Just every little opportunity, taking the stairs instead of the elevator, all those little things. I, I think understanding and recognizing that all these little things add up and they, they count for fitness, like walking across the parking lot to go get your groceries with a low, with, with carrying heavy groceries, that, that counts. That's a deposit to the fitness bank, right? And then the training is where you're getting like those super high ROIs, right? It's, it's focused. It has a little bit higher ROI, but if it's not built on top of a solid foundation and principles, then it's just, it gets a little shaky, you know? So I, I like how you, you mentioned that. Cause I think a lot of us get caught up in this idea of, oh, if I don't do it a certain way, it doesn't count. If it's not long enough, if it's not hard enough, if it's not done the right formula, then it doesn't count. And it's a waste of time. And you hear even coaches all the time saying things like, oh, you, you know, you can't out train, you know, bad diets. You can't uh, train enough to counteract for this and stuff. So sometimes the idea of any physical activity gets downplayed, go bigger, go home kind of ideas. Sure. But you're so right. Like everything counts. Like me just opening and closing my hand like this does something for the mobility and the strength in my hand. If I didn't do that, my hand was in a cast, I would lose that. So it all counts. There's no such thing as an ineffective rep. And that mindset gives us the freedom to be that playful and creative because we're no longer hampered by, it's gotta be at least so much. Otherwise, why bother doing it? Because there's always purpose behind it. So it's always worth doing. Oh, absolutely. Excuse me. I think that's, it's kind of like an industrial fitness concept, right? Of like the best workout for everyone. Like the industrial fitness complex has the secret best workout that only they know. And you got to pay a ton of money to know the secret, right? But the best workout is totally, um, what's the, I'm totally spacing on the word. It's totally individual, right? It's a totally subjective thing. So it's like, it's, it's kind of like you either have to use a coach, a good coach would go through this kind of Socratic method of, well, what are your goals? Why, why do you want to train? What, what are we trying to accomplish here? What, what do you value? What makes you happy? All these things. Or you can also do that yourself. Like, why do I want to train? And if you have this, if you have the, this reasoning and mindset behind it, then the best workout should be pretty easy to figure out based on those goals or values or objectives. So then how would you tell people that to me, and, and I, I would imagine to Matt, it just sounds like fitness gold right there because it just is rooted in logic and common sense. However, comma, <laughs> how would you explain that to somebody who feels like, no, I have to go and I got to do my, my car yoga, plyo lotties, kickboxing cycle X class 17 times a week, because if I don't, I'm going to lose my fitness and my whole life's going to go to H-E double hockey sticks. So how would you slow somebody down to get them to recognize the fact that go least mode, not beast mode? <laughs> I like that. Man, we <laughs> got to use it, by the gems way. in this podcast here. Oh, it's well awesome. Now. I think I just, I, 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 you know, to me, there's, there's certainly, I don't know how deep I want to go this, but there's certainly like, some psychological factors to training and nutrition that can't be dealt with as simply as like, Oh, well, you don't need to do that. I mean, I think there's people that really have like they're chasing and or running from demons and they're using like the 17 classes a week for that. Right. That person I think needs like probably a, <laughs> a, um, a professional to really dive into some of these issues. I mean, that's just, I've seen, I remember, you know, I was, I was coaching at a, um, uh, this corporation had a CrossFit gym inside the, 
the office building. It was pretty cool actually, but man, sometimes it just turned into like therapy. And, um, I don't think that's a healthy way to approach training. But again, to answer in a more like not so dark way is, <laughs> I think again, it's like, why are you doing this? What are your goals? Do, is this making you happy? Like, is this, are you seeing results? All those things. If, if it's obviously no, 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 then maybe you might want to reevaluate what you're doing and maybe take a little bit more. Um, well, I like get at least a different approach, right? Mm-hmm. I, it goes with the, that saying a mentor of mine once told me is like training should be a time and a place where you lose yourself and you find yourself at the same time. And I personally, maybe it's because I grew up being outdoors and stuff like you, Dan, but I always found that if I can be outside, it's like my brain processes things so much better. If I was indoors on an exercise bike, I just kind of be looking at the clock and looking at my heart rate and being like, okay, how much more time do I have to do this? But if I go out for a bike ride, all of the stuff that's happened in the past week or even month, emotions, thoughts and stuff that needed to be processed and analyzed. And I come out feeling like I just understand situations in myself a lot better. It's just something about that get outside and just move and don't be constrained by those constructs. And I I think that's a big advantage that we have with using your methodology and your products and stuff is because it allows us to do that versus get stuck, check off the box. That's my next thing to do. Okay. Time to go pick up the kids. And it's just one more thing on that industrial fitness complex that we're just on the treadmill with. You know, it's, it's funny. It's interesting you mentioned that because that's like my best ideas come like on long hikes or trail runs when it's just, it's that kind of flow state, right? And uh, just reflecting on like, I don't really think I have that same experience when I'm, you know, training in a more formal environment. And you, you also made me think of like, I used to work at a, it was technically a CrossFit gym. This was like in 2011, but it was like attached to a climbing gym in California. It was all outside. The whole gym was outside. It was just a little covered area. We had like a container with, you know, weights, kettlebells and whatnot and uh, pull-up bars mounted to the wall. But, you know, it would be like hundred degrees in the summer, pretty cold in the morning, especially early mornings in the winter. But I just, I felt so much better doing the same exercises you could do inside, but just the fact of being outside, it just, I always just felt better. And then kind of reflecting on it, like, I remember in high school, we were, we were members to this club, this gym club. And it was like, it almost had like a clinical feeling to it. Almost like a, it was so sterile. It was like clinical. And I just, I remember like not feeling right afterwards or something. It felt like such a curated and such an artificial environment. Like I just, I'd always felt kind of lethargic in there, but then in this like kind of gritty, uncomfortable outdoor situation. It's like, I felt better, even though it was uncomfortable. It's, it's interesting to think about it that way. So you're saying the best way to cleanse the soul is to get the body dirty. <laughs> yeah. In other words, you know, get out, get muddy. Cause yeah, I, I would go on bike rides and be muddy and dirty and stuff. And, but inside I felt so cleansed. It's a cathartic experience yeah. doing that. Um, Al, you getting much of that you know, up in Idaho now that you got those mountain bike trails there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's been a little tricky to get outside lately because of the, the AQI numbers, but it's funny when I don't, oh man, I'm squirrely. I am squirrely. Like the other day, I had to get outside and move because I, I just haven't been able to. And I was like, you know what? I'm going. I, so I got our push mower. We have a people-powered lawnmower. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh yeah. Gosh, yes. And I just went. And I felt better after even just 15 minutes. I did it barefoot so I could get that grounding of the feet on the grass and everything. And I was just like, oh. that's also, I did the exact same thing yesterday, actually. The real mower, man, it's what's up. Right? And my neighbors look at me like, what's wrong with that guy? Doesn't he know they make him with motors now? <laughs> right, right. But it's just like, it, it, it's, it's actually a great workout if you treat it with intervals. Like Jeremy and I, we run all around the yard and and today we want to cut it. We want to make it circular, like on a baseball diamond, right? So we're getting a little creative. We're how we're going to cut it. And, but it's just fun. I, I, it's really weird. I find it fun when I was a kid. 
my father told me to go use the push mower and, and cut the lawn, I'd be like, yes. But now I look forward to it because it's additional exercise and a way to just get outside. Just an opportunity to train, man. Right? <laughs> well, it, and one more thing I want you made me think of uh, about kind of going on the long runs or rides or hikes is I, I don't know the specific physiology of it, but I was talking to, it was the same guy, Logan Schwartz. He had mentioned there's something about the walking motion and how that kind of helps essentially stimulate this cross brain connectivity left, right. I don't know. I, I haven't looked into it in depth, but it made total sense to me. And it seems like, you know, if you think about human evolution, like walking was, a, I mean, that's, that's what you did all the time. And uh, there, there's gotta be something to that as far as just, mental health basically yeah well the original strength guys get into that tim anderson mm -hmm. talks about the benefits of that that cross patterning and in, in the different parts of the brain that get fired up right so yeah you, you're spot on with that well i mean think about it. It, it what was our primary mode of transportation you've seen it with your kids it was crawling right i mean that was that was how we learned to strength train that was how we learned to to connect our brain to our muscles moving bones and We've just gotten away from that because of I'll jump in, throw I'll do a little hat trick here, the industrial training complex, and people forget that. Right. It's amazing. Like I have two girls, their squat, their the way they squat, it's it's a work of art. I mean, it's it's a beautiful thing. I'm just it'll be I'm interested to watch like how as long as they keep doing it, is it gonna stay? Hopefully it just stays like that forever. You know, it'll be interesting to see as they grow up and you know we'll do our best or, and I'll definitely do my very best to make sure they maintain, you know, that free form capacity, but it's just, it's uh it's interesting to see kids, how they have kind of like this un what's the right word. They move without hesitation or thought, but it's so fluid. Like unbridled. Yeah. Or yeah. Unrestrained. Yeah. Like yeah. They're unrestrained that emotional resi yeah. the resistance that people have to, I, you mean, I could just go and like, just break out a pocket monkey and start doing work. I don't need to follow a correct formula. And what days am I doing arms versus legs and stuff? It's like, no, just go, right. just go and be a kid again with your training, be playful, totally. have fun. When it's discovered, you know, I think, you know, seeing your uh, following grow, Matt's like, you know, I think people are just, there's a lot, there's a lot of people in the world. And I think just people resonate differently with different people, but seeing kind of this discovery and exploration that you offer is really cool to see as well. And just, you know, I think people, a lot of people like they're busy, right? They don't have time to dive in deep to this stuff. So if someone can kind of synthesize and present what they feel is best probably for themselves and most of the people they're interacting with, like that's such a awesome resource to have. Well, between RDP and, and uh, Monkey, if I can do a shameless product plug for you both at the same time, the last 18 months have had a little bit of stress, you know, let's be honest. And I think one of the things that the, the, the two houses of fitness have done is get people to realize that you've got mental stress. Why do you want to add unnecessary physical stress onto that? Right. Cause I think people lose sight of the fact that physical stress still is stress on the body. Yeah. It helps with mental stress to some extent, but it's still stress. So if you have a simplistic approach to your movement habit, right. Don't work out people develop a movement habit. Then I think that it, it works better. And I think that the, the messaging the two of you have is so dialed into that. And it does a lot to get people that common sense approach to just move, just move to relax, move to flow, move to feel better. Don't move to train for something you'll never get paid to do. <laughs> totally, totally. And again, like for me, and I think, I think Matt, you, you're, you're totally doing the same thing as well. It's like, for me, it's just, it's presenting possibilities, right? Like that's, I think a lot of people that don't have, you know, maybe they stop playing sports in middle school or elementary school, even, right. There's so many people that never even played varsity sports that you just, your, your movement education and your training age got cut so short 
So now if you're trying to pick back up, it's just, you don't really know where to begin. So it's, it's kind of presenting possibilities, you know, you just get thrown into the gears of the industrial fitness complex. <laughs> like, here you go. In you go. The name of the grinder, and you just get ground around versus going out, having fun and enjoying yourself. Man, that's so many good takeaways from this one. Uh, Dan, send us off on a couple of words of wisdom. Like if someone's starting off totally brand new, what would you tell them to help them get started? Uh, watch the RDP YouTube channel and buy pocket monkey. <laughs> no, I think, I mean, I think there's actually some truth to that. Cause you can do, you could get like, you could probably maximize. You can go a long way with just those two resources, but at the same time, I think it's identify. What are you trying to do? Are you trying to lose weight? Are you trying to get stronger? Are you training for an event? Like why, what are you trying to do? Why do you want to do it? And are you doing it in a way that's making you happy? So that, that I think is my, how my mind shift has changed towards training. And that's kind of where I encourage people to head as well. And, you know, the whole like discipline and hard work side, like that for me has always been kind of intrinsic. So I don't, I don't really preach that as much as I just say, do what's right for you. That's always been my, my, I'm not, I'm not so much as a, of a, um, evangelical as I am just, uh, you got to do you type of guy. So I think, yeah. you know, you can see there's a lot of people that are resonating with you're doing Matt and Al. And so keep doing what you guys are doing. Have fun and do what makes you happy. I exactly. think that's the best way to, to kind of break out of that complex. Fantastic. Dan, where can people find more information about you and everything that you're offering? We're uh, so monkey.co is our website, M O N K I I.co. I'm on Instagram at monkey.co. And I think my personal handle now is, I think it's wild Dan Vincent or something like that. If you just search Dan Vincent, I'll pop up on Instagram. But, anyways, yeah, it was great chatting, guys. Awesome. Thank it's, you so uh, much for your time. Al, thank you so much for coming on. Dan, I really appreciate you guys coming on here. And Again, there's uh, links down below to all the resources, dear listener, if you just want a quick access to a bunch of Dan's stuff. And of course, Al and my contact is in uh, the description as well. But uh, thank you so much for listening. Till then, this is Matt, Al, and Dan telling you to stay strong and lead by example.